Other horn, let's go. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a surplus they play so far. Everything with an attitude. Got a family. Yes. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Dominate the way you're playing against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Hear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by Bama Hammer. Tom, Coach was actually pleased uh, after this game, calling it a full 60-minute performance. Yeah, yeah, it's all nice and, and, and good to hear what Coach has to say, but most importantly, I'm concerned what you have to say. Were you pleased after this one? Man, uh, at the end of the first half, I was surprised we had laid 41 points on them, you know, given it was Kent State. And so uh, I was definitely concerned about covering the spread at halftime when we were uh, already two points away from it. So uh, I was I was glad to see uh, a lot of guys got to play in the first half and uh, even more guys got to play in the second half. And um, that's the kind of game that you need, you know, in between some SEC opponents. Yeah, definitely, definitely the kind of game that uh, that we needed – and, uh, you know, as we get into really the meat of conference play the next couple of weeks, uh, it'll be good that some of these guys have gotten some extra rests and that uh, some of the younger guys have gotten a little more run. Uh, you know, we may yet have to call on some of them as, as uh, the season progresses. Give me a couple things on offense. What stands out to you? You know, the first thing um, I like seeing is I, I like seeing that, you know, um, he, he played both quarterbacks uh, a decent amount in the first half. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, he brought Blake Barnett in with about, I don't know, 12 minutes left in the second quarter. And he proceeded to kind of stay with him uh, till, what, 20 seconds left in, in the half or whatever, which was an interesting time to bring Hertz back out there at the goal line. But I was happy to see that when Barnett struggled in his first series, um, he came right back to him. And uh, he had a nice touchdown pass to O.J. Howard, uh, which can help his confidence uh, because, as we saw from the running back position, it just takes one play for the next man to be up. And these are still two young guys. Uh, obviously, you know, they've kind of picked who their starter is. But I think that um, I-, I like seeing the backup quarterback get some reps in a game like this. Yeah, I did too. And, and he got some pretty good run. And like you said, he was able to connect on, on a nice pass. He looked a little tentative when he first came out, and there's going to be some separation, whatever sort of the proximity of the competition was in camp. And, you know, we may never know that, but, uh, you know, assume it was a close competition. Uh, After a couple of weeks of play, and this being week four, there's going to start to be some separation because who's getting more reps in practice and who's getting the game reps. And so the separation on Saturday between the two guys, to me, was a little more apparent. But, you know, Blake still showed that that uh, that he has some upside and, uh, and and potential. So I think it's good that we continue to to give him reps over the course of the afternoon. All four guys got to go. Uh, that's really nice. We've seen some blowout games in the past, and you know we just c- kind of scratch our heads and wonder, you know, why didn't so and so at least get a little bit of run, uh, you know, as a developmental thing or at least just out of respect for their contribution you know, in years with the program and, you know, guys that, um, you know, don't get an opportunity uh, certainly did this Saturday. And so that was fun to see uh, a lot of the, a, a lot of those guys get the chance. You know, I'm going to come right out and, and just ask you, um, you know, last week, 
you know, you, you said, you know, some things you like, some things you didn't like about uh, Jalen. You liked, uh, you know, his athleticism and his poise under pressure, uh, but you didn't like necessarily how we used him. Um, different opponent, different scenario, kind of different everything. But, you know, what's your take on how uh, Jalen was, you know, was a part of the game plan this week against Kent State? Well, I think that, unfortunately, we will never know, you know, as far as because of who the opponent was. I, I, I'll i say it this way. I think because of who the opponent was uh, played a large part for how we used him uh, in the game. And so I would like to see him used in the next week's game against Kentucky uh, in the same way he was used in this game from the standpoint of, you know, not as many carries. Um, I like the fact that we we put him under center. I like the fact that we did the play-action pass. I like the fact that we did the tall sweep. Um, I like the fact that if we're not going to have a fullback in there and we really don't have any certainty at the running back position – I like how we used uh, the two tight ends uh, in the max protection uh, formations to uh, to give him, you know, time to throw the ball down the field. And so I, I like that we didn't run him as much in this ball game. I just it didn't feel to me like we put as much on him in this game. But I think that has to do with who the opponent was. For for me, the jury's still out because of who the opponent was. No, that's fair. That's fair. This can be an incomplete, but it's not a fail. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, you know, he had seven carries in the game. I like that better. Seven carries, fifty-five yards. You know, obviously, he still had a twenty-yard run because of his athleticism, and so he averaged seven point seven yards a carry. So, if you want to run him out there six, seven, eight times and let him get you fifty, sixty yards. Okay. I mean, he's an athletic quarterback. Just don't run him 18 times. That's just to, to your point, they ran him two thirds less than they did the week before. That's much better. No, fair enough. Let's talk about the quarterback rotation. You know, Damon, uh, Damon Harris was, was set up to have a good day against this opponent, you know, with kind of a settled down offensive line. You know, on the first drive of the game, he goes out and injury looks a lot worse than it ends up being. And, you know, he's sort of day to day, maybe back against Kentucky. I, you know, I'd kind of put him on ice if if we don't need him. But, you know, we bring in Jacobs, and so he's apparently the number the two, you know, the second guy up, and and he performed really well. Bo came in, and then B.J. Emmons. You know, this will sound like a negative, but it's almost throw a blanket over him, grab one, and you, you know, you have a good uh, opportunity to have a successful day. Uh, they all seem, uh, you know, quite capable. What's your, what's your read on the running back rotation situation? Well, first of all, we are very blessed that Damian Harris is just a sprained ankle. Obviously, we don't know how severe it is, but you know, on, on tape, I thought he had broke his ankle, and yeah. so uh, so I'm I'm very pleased with that. And so, yeah, as we sit here and look at the stat sheet, and we see Joshua Jacobs eight point eight yards a carry, Emmons six point four, Derek Gore seven and a half, and Bo Scarborough six point three. Obviously, he didn't have as many carries. I can't remember uh, a lot of Alabama games where I can look at, you know, five running backs on the uh, stat sheet that all average six to eight yards a carry. And so, uh, to your point, you know, that's that's a good problem to have, um, I guess, because, you know, you know, Saban's been known in his time at LSU to even, you know, to even run three and four running backs out there. And so, I think that in the past, his, his two-headed monster – has been more dictated by these were the two guys that he was comfortable being in the game. So I guess the biggest thing for me 
is these are young kids. Now, you know, nobody's fumbled the ball yet except for Bo Scarborough. But um, I'm kind of surprised that the young guys have gotten as much run as they have just because they're not, you know, upperclassmen. And, you know, he's so big on protecting the ball and and managing, you know, playing to his defense, et cetera. So I guess I'll tell you that while I'm happy to see these guys have all, you know, all had some good runs, I'm surprised he's running so many of them out there this early in the season. I I, I don't remember seeing that uh, from so many true freshmen. Yeah, I don't I don't either. And and I think it's a function of, you know, spreading the wealth and and spreading the experience. If you were to look at, you know, who's you know, the most carries, the most yards, and, you know, the most senior, seniority, you, you might, you know, you might put Bo on that. I know Damian had probably some more carries, you know, last year, but, uh, you know, it would it would be between the two. And so Bo's had, um, you know, they both have to learn blocking. They've improved, but they still have some work to do in that area. You mentioned Bo's the one that, that, uh, that has dropped the ball. And so, um, you know, when you think that, you know, the same leans towards experience. That's true. But when the experience is just, you know, sheets of paper difference, um, you know, it's harder to sort of invest into it. And so the fact here is he can almost sort of bring them all along together. And, um, and, and so there are, and, and because he doesn't know which one's really going to sort of crap out, which one's going to hit a wall at week eight, you know, that, that type of thing. We may find that, you know, and, and every year is a sort of a new situation. What we saw last year with Derek is just, I mean, we've never seen that where one guy, you know, carried the ball, you know, so prolifically. And so that's got to be an anomaly. This may be the anomaly the other way where we may get to the end of the season and, you know, be one of those teams that never really had a true feature back, but we've got two or three backs that have had, you know, between six and 800 yards. And, and that, may, that may just be the way this season goes. So, you know, it's like when we played USC, you know, they didn't have a thousand yard back, but they had two backs with, Oh, you know, up over eight or 900 or whatever it was. And so you think, well, that's sort of a, a sort of a shared, you know, kind of carry situation. Well, we may have three backs, you know, up near 700 or over 700. And that may just be, you know, what we do this year. So, uh, you know, it's not what we're used to, Last year was an anomaly one way. I think this may be an anomaly another way. No, that's true. Now, I will tell you, given given their body of work in this game, um, and I, I'll, I'll say it this way, looking at Joshua Jacobs and B.J. Emmons, because we really, you know, we, we've seen Damian Harris in the first three games since he fortunately just sprained his ankle and, and Bo got nicked up as well. So it was early on a lot of Joshua Jacobs and B.J. Emmons. And I will tell you, you know, earlier part of the game, and I will tell you just from from looking at those two guys for right now, um, I do see a difference in the skill set of Joshua Jacobs over B.J. Emmons. Um, I do think he um, – I don't want to say complete package, but I will say that he brings – he checked a lot of boxes early yeah. on as a young running back. He did decent in pass protection. His catching the ball out of the backfield was really nice. Um, his ability um, to find the the open seam 
as a safety valve for both Jalen Hurts and for uh, Blake Barnett on that play Blake Barnett made. Um, he's got very soft hands. Um, his run after the catch is very nice. Um, you know, um, he's got good vision. I, I will. I might surprise you here and say right this second, um, Damian getting hurt might have, uh, while I'm glad he's okay, uh, it might have given Joshua Jacobs a little more time to shine. And um, right now, Joshua Jacobs and Damian Harris might be, you know, kind of in the lead right now. Yeah, I, I think that, I, you know, I think uh, I, I don't disagree with that. You know, Jacobs had 11 carries, 99 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that was the stat line that Damian was going to have, right? And then so, you know, the four or five for, you know, for 19, 20, 30 yards, that was the stat line that Jacobs was going to have. And so you could almost just invert those. And so the fact that Josh got a little more run, he was able to demonstrate a, a lot more. Like you said, he does check off a lot of the boxes. He's got some nice wiggle. Uh, I, th- I think he's going to be, you know, he's going to blossom into a really good player. And, you know, this was certainly an opportunity for him to him to kind of step up. And, you know, Saban always likes to say, you know, somebody's got to step up and kind of, you know, take the bull by the horns. Well, Jacobs did that. He, he, he was the epitome of next man up. And so, you know, Bo or BJ, uh, you know, they performed well with the opportunity that they had. Their opportunity was not like kind with what Jacobs was given. No, no, that's fair. And I guess what I meant by that is, is we're not going to see this many running backs with this many carries in an SEC game. No. And so my point was, is let's just say Damian Harris is good to go for Kentucky, just for conversation's sake. I bet you the lion's share of the carries in this game will be Damian Harris and Joshua Jacobs, as opposed to Bo Scarborough. I think Bo Scarborough might have just knocked himself to third. Yes. Yeah. Well, he solidified third, right? I mean, he was third in this game with, you know, just sort of the sheer rotation. But, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, he, he's going to find himself third or fourth, um, you know, and, and I, you know. He, and that's nothing against Bo. I just think not. right this second, Joshua Jacobs brings a wider skill set to the position uh, both he and Damian Harris do right this second. Yeah, and I think is they each get more run and more opportunity and in so, sort of the spreading of experience and opportunity, we're going to find out what each of them are better at, and then they'll sort of carve into those roles. So it'll be neat to kind of see how that that plays out. Oh, and, and and very quickly, you know how you always we always talk about specialists on defense. Yep. Maybe because he's got so many guys, we might see more of a specialist role at this running back position than we have in years past. Because I will tell you that the pass Bo Scarborough caught from Jalen Hurts in traffic on the sideline, that was a very nice grab. He's got nice hands. And so my, point, so my point is is we have several guys that, that have shown the ability to have nice hands as well. And so you always talk about having, you know, uh, two backs, you know, beside the quarterback and the shotgun, which we haven't seen yet. Um, but it'd be nice to possibly see that with a couple of these guys. Well, let's talk about that Justin Fowler role, you know, kind of there at fullback. I, I was going to talk about Mac uh, a little bit, Mac Wilson in that role. You know, he caught a pass that that uh, on, on the replay, it looked very reminiscent of, you know, uh, Justin sort of leaking out and catching the ball. I think that the ball was more intended for Howard, but, you know, still it was the same motion and there was a still, you know, the same open receiver. 
I think uh, I think Scarborough may have an opportunity to kind of con- uh, compete for that H back role. I think he could be really dynamic there if he's losing the reins and sort of slipping at um, you know at a true tailback position. So you know that could be something that could be interesting to 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 watch if he if he is able to get some sort of H back role and then you know in there with a Damian or a Josh that might be something fun to watch as well. No, absolutely. Well. Talk to me about um, talk to me about the uh, the shuffle at right guard. Um, you know, we 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 talk about running backs and how uh, so far this year we've had two different running backs on the same series. It seems like we were uh, interchanging um, uh, our uh, offensive linemen uh, a decent amount as it relates to, uh, Lester Cotton and Alphonse Taylor. They both came in and out, uh, several times. Um, what was your thoughts on that? It seems like, um, uh, Lester Cotton got, got some, got some run here in this game, uh, at right guard along with Alphonse. Yeah. My first thought was, well, I guess Saban was right when he said that he was not pleased with the interior offensive line and the players, uh, you know, maybe rotating. And so, it wasn't immediately after, but uh, uh, but uh, Shank got a false start, and I think it was the next series. Cotton came in. Uh, Saban in his press conference, you know, was asked a two-part question, and the second part of the question was about that rotation. And uh, Saban, as he will sometimes do, asked the first, uh, answered the first part, and then sort of moved on. And so I don't know if he forgot or he designed uh, his way out of answering that question. I would be curious, was that designed or was that sort of reflexive, um, you know, based on the penalty? I don't know. I'd have to think it was a little bit designed. But I'll tell you what's interesting, you know, and, and we mentioned, you know, last week, hey, what does Saban mean when he says that? And, and we, you know, we just, you know, kind of had an inter- interpretation of who that might be messaged for. And, um, you know, one thing that, that jumped out to me was, oh, so Cotton's in now on the right side every you know, we've only seen him on the left side, and I get full practices versus media viewing period. Those are two entirely different animals. So I'll say this for only what it's worth, but I don't recall seeing anywhere in the media viewing periods that Lester was spending time on the right side. And so apparently he has been. He wouldn't be put out there. But I thought that was quite curious that, you know, Saban wasn't just blowing smoke. Uh, and he's been giving the guy reps on both sides, and he came in and performed really well. And um, you know, he's not the reason we scored touchdowns, but you know, he was in while we scored. And so, you find a formula that works, you stick with it. Well, Alphonse Alphonse came back in and and was and was critical uh, on 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 some drives as well. And I thought it was interesting that at the goal line, Alphonse would be in there, and we'd run right behind him. And when Lester Cotton was coming in, uh, some there were there were key moments where we interchanged Alphonse and Lester Cotton as we got in the red zone, which I just thought that was interesting that we interchanged the two players during the same drive. Right, and um, that's something we don't see a lot—the back and forth, you know, with that. No, and and so it is send, it is probably trying to send a message, you know, to Alphonse. I think it is doing that. I wonder, and this is that's all it is. I wonder if we're doing a little bit of rotation to, you know, keep them on their toes, but then also to give them very specific game type situations. And so, you know, now we're in the 20, inside the 20. I want to see how you perform 
in the red zone because I've got tape on the other guy. I, I wonder how much of that is just taking advantage of the situation with an opponent like this to do some, you know, some engineering, um, you know, get stuff on film, see how guys perform, knowing that when you get into the meat of the SEC schedule, you can't be doing that. You have to know and then you have to go and stick with it. And so let's milk every inch of opportunity out of this to so we make what we hope is the right decision, the best decision for the go forward. No, that's true. Um, I found it interesting on some key third and ones and some other short yards, uh, short yardage down in distances. We didn't come in our two and three tight ends and bring Brandon Green in. I only noticed Brandon Green in being one time uh, late in the second quarter when we came in a jumbo package. It was very interesting to me um, that on that play is when Jalen Hurts got his foot stepped on by Alphonse Taylor. Yes. And and the very next play on second down, he comes back in the shotgun. And on third get down, he comes back in the shotgun. And, you know, we're going to need that jumbo package in situations against SEC teams where we just have to line up and knock you off the ball for a yard. And I just found it interesting that in this game that we just – of all the formations we ran and we, we did a lot of different things um, – we, we seem to rely on our quarterback in the shotgun formation uh, with just one tight end and three wide receivers on short yardage plays, and that just seemed odd to me. Yeah, you know, I, I want to I want to talk about the uh, you know getting his foot stepped on, and and I it, when it, you know it's frustrating when something like that happens, but I kind of got a kick out of well. You know he's normally in the shotgun, so it's not that big of a deal. And 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 the announcer, uh, you know, kind of the sideline reporter, Cole, uh, Cole Kubik, is a, is a former lineman, and you know, and, and he talked about, you know, depending upon sort of the play call and his blocking assignment, if the quarterback was under center, he might need to take a deep step, uh, a deep sort of drop step to set himself, and the quarterback would know that. And and would and so he would know that the quarterback's there, and the quarterback would know that he was going to take a deep step, and that's just something that only comes with time. It's you can't intuit that, and especially you know if you spend your know, your high school career, you know the most of, um, you know in in shotgun, and so those that I just I just said well you know that's just a youth thing, and that's just they're going to have to get to know sort of one another, so to speak, in, in that circumstance. And so, you know, I just said, well, that's just, you know, chalk that up to learning, but that that is a function of being in the shotgun. So we got to kind of sort that out and, and get more practice time under center so we don't have that. If we are in a true, you know, fourth and one and we're going for it or, you know, we're going to we're gonna do something and, and it's not a Kent State, but it's, a, you know, a fourth quarter drive late in the game that we're behind, you know, by five and we, we've got to get the first down. We've got to get the touchdown. We can't be stepping on feet. So it's something that I think that the coach, the coaching staff will spend a lot of time with, uh, which I think is appropriate. So, you know, no, absolutely. Well, see how that unfolds. well, tell me, tell me what your, you know, with the injuries at wide receiver, you know, coming into the game without, you know, without uh, Robert Foster and without our Darius Stewart, um, are we surprised that Trayvon Diggs, as a true freshman, got the run he got early in the game over, you know, Raheem Falcons and Derek Keith? And what I mean by that is, is we didn't even see Raheem Falcons early in the game. 
And so we, we saw we saw digs early. Uh, I saw Keith, you know, a little bit later in the game. But were you surprised given that we do have, you know, a couple other players with, you know, that at least have a little experience in the program? Were you surprised that Diggs was in so early with uh, with Cam Sims and Calvin Ridley? No, I, I really wasn't. And, and you know, and I kind of chalked that up to, you know, Saban was asked that in, in an interview, if that would, uh, you know, kind of who would have the opportunity. And, and his answer was Cam and, and, and Trayvon. Um, I think, you know, I think kind of the reports are that, that Kiffin is sort of lobbying for uh, Trayvon to get more time on, on the offense. And, you know, I, th- I just think, and I, and I, and I respect that, that, uh, that the other two guys have, you know, more time, more experience in the system, but if they're not dynamic in the way that one of the younger guys, uh, you know, can be dynamic, then, then they're going to get past. Uh, and it doesn't mean they can't have a role and it doesn't mean they can't contribute. It just, you know, if we're going to put dynamic playmakers on the field and, and give them opportunities, then that's that's not what they do, and that's not they're not going to have that opportunity, uh, and that's that's kind of how I see it. I think Trayvon has the opportunity to to be special, and uh, I was hoping that that you know to the extent that we might be having some sort of package to to include him or involve him, you know, we've seen him line up a couple of different ways that that I have found intriguing. Uh, we haven't really unleashed him. But he did get a uh, you know three catches you know so we tried to work the ball to him at least a little bit on uh, on Saturday. I, I, it'll be interesting to see how his role expands. Uh, although you know if I had to root for anything, I'd be rooting for our Darius to get back on the field as quickly as possible. And and in just a you know I guess put a bow on it. The um, man when Ridley went down and was slow getting back up, I got a little nervous there. You know with. Damon had gone down, Bo had gone down, and it, we didn't know the extent of their injuries. And then uh, Calvin goes down. It's like, gee, God, man, let's get this Kent State team out of here because these guys are dropping. Uh, and we'll get to defense, and I'll talk about a guy that, that looked a little dinged up as well. But, um, yeah, I was glad to see him back in the game. I think he only had one catch. So we need to make sure he's right. But, uh, you know, I think Trayvon is going to be – has an opportunity to be one of those dynamic receivers. So let's give him some run against a team like this. Well, the Calvin Ridley play, you know, not to – you know, the quarterback just can't throw the ball there, right? I mean, he just kind of set – he set Ridley up to get hammered there because the safety was coming over the top. But, yeah. you know, that's just an experience thing. But um, I, I will say that I like the use of – I like – I like uh, the uh, catch Cam Sims made at the goal yep. line. Yep. Um, I love the pass that Hurts made to Sims on his first uh, completion uh, on the sideline. Uh, it was a really nice uh, pass. He put the ball where you know nobody could get it but Cam Sims, and um, it was good to keep. It was good to see Cam Sims make a few plays, get a little confidence, uh, because when Stewart comes back. You know, and and Foster comes back. I, I'd love to have you know five guys pick your poison. Right? You know, where are we going to go with the ball? I mean, we 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 talked about that last year that we were looking forward to to that happening. Um, I will tell you very quickly that um, I'm glad we got OJ Howard the ball a little bit. I'm glad Blake Barnett connected on that passing uh, play across the middle, uh, hit him in stride for a touchdown. We still have to get the ball more uh, to him. I went back and listened to a Saban interview at the beginning of the season on the uh, ESPN SEC Network, and 
he was like, oh, we just we just have to do it. We just have to get him the ball more. And, you know, he'd have a big game, and then he'd have a couple games where he wouldn't show up. And that's just on us. And we've just got to get him the ball more. Well, you know, I got to tell you, he is um, he is not um, he is not Michael Johnson, but but he is he he is definitely uh, he has definitely progressed um, with his blocking. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he's, he's definitely progressed. Um, we're moving him all over the field. We're asking him to do lots of things, uh, as far as, um, angles that he takes with blocking. I mean, we're having him line up as H backs. We're having him come from the, you know, from the, um, we're having him come from a split wide formation to kick the defensive end out on the other side, on the quarterback's blind side. I mean, we're asking him to do all kinds of stuff. And I'm sorry, we, we should be able to get him five, six targets a game. It's not hard. You got a young quarterback. Young quarterbacks love tight ends. And so um, you know, I, I just would like to see us getting, you know, I'd like to see him have five or six targets a game. I don't think that's asking too much. No, I don't think so either. And and uh, you know, I don't have a reason for why we're not doing it. I I would definitely like to like to see that as well and and sort of integrate that into bringing along a young quarterback they you know you could say we're not doing it because we're trying to bring along a young quarterback or those don't have to be different those don't have to be separate and that's kind of the point you're making so i would definitely like to see uh you know his evolution but also you know the fact that we're doing more things with him could speak to there's wrinkles that we have uh to involve him uh and he is and he is it's it's also something he's demonstrating a, a diverse capability you know, at the next level. So I think it is helping him there. And his blocking, you know, he made a couple blocks Saturday that was that, you know, were just highlight real, you know, tight end blocking. And so, you know, that's that's good from that perspective. Why don't you give me your uh, mini game ball on offense? All right. So because um because I like to do things different, I am actually going to give us a mini game ball from last week's performance. And the reason I need to do this is because he did not get the proper credit for a great play he made that was key in the game. All the credit went to Bradley Bozeman. And while I love Gary Danielson, he got it wrong. Bradley Bozeman did not recover Bo Scarborough's fumble, as we incorrectly said on the podcast. It was the true freshman Jonah Williams. And to Jonah Williams' credit, that was a heads-up play for a true freshman to make. And uh, at a key moment in the game where if they would have recovered the ball, that would have been a very bad thing against Ole Miss. And so my mini game ball is rewinding from last week. Very good. I'm going to go Tommy with my mini game ball. Uh, Curtis Brown, your foot was in. Touchdown, Alabama. We win the Iron Bowl in Auburn. Take me to defense, Tommy. Good Lord, man. Man, defense. You know um, – we still don't have uh, depth being developed uh, at the interior position. And so while the defense obviously pitched a shutout, you know, minus that first 40-something yard run by their true freshman running back, um, which was a very nice run, um, the defense obviously put lots of pressure on the quarterback. They went after him. Uh, obviously, like I said, pitched a shutout. Um, I'm just still concerned that, you know, we, we just – we, we aren't developing any depth there behind pain like we spoke about before. And uh, I think that's going to come back to bite us uh, as the season progresses uh, with teams like Arkansas uh, who are going to want to try to run the ball down our throat. 
Yeah, that's that's where I have, you know, those types of concern, uh, you know, with a team like Arkansas, with a team like LSU, and, of course, they're going through the transition that they are. But, uh, you know, for a team that is going to try to line up and just kind of pound the ball, we don't have a lot of inside depth. And, I mean, you know, you and I are not savants. If we see it, then, you know, other folks see it too. And, and if the casual fan doesn't see it, certainly opposing coaches see it. And so – we're going to get the opportunity to prove that we have depth there and we're bringing it along. We're just bringing it along, you know, slower than I'd like. I would like to have seen a lot more Josh Frazier. I would have liked to have seen a lot earlier Raekwon and they both got run and they both played and, you know, and other guys too, but I'd like to see more. I'd like to see more of it. And I'd like to see, you know, them out there uh, a lot more. And that doesn't mean, you know, Duran gets a day off because, you know, let's get him out there too. But, and I like the first team, you know, playing together and all of that. And so you kind of got to pick your spots, but, you know, we could have, we could have rotated some of those guys in way earlier in the game, you know, first quarter. But it's like we just talked about at the quarterback position, right? All we're saying is, is you gave all four quarterbacks run. Why couldn't you have sat there and, and emptied your bench of your your big boys inside and let them all get some you know get some run right a decent amount of run right what did you what did you think about um were you surprised at how long the starters who got banged up against Ole Miss played in this game yeah I really was uh I thought that we would have ro- started rotating in uh a lot more and a lot earlier um and even if we sort of just expanded the rotation. And so we kept bringing the starters back in, but giving them sort of more time off between, you know, give them a series off, giving them, you know, plays off. Um, you know, if you probably went pure play count, uh, they probably weren't out there, you know, too terribly much, but you know, it, it, it drug on and they were out there longer. And I would have liked to have seen, you know, more of the younger guys get in there. And you, and you mentioned injury. Man, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, you know, the stupid announcers, and, and and I don't like saying that, but just they were just horribly bad. Um, they didn't pick up on it, and I'm not seeing it written or discussed just, just anywhere, and I'm flummoxed by that. But at about the five-and-a-half-minute mark in the first quarter, so this is, you know, early in the game, uh, you know, they throw – Kent State throws the ball uh, downfield and uh, Marlon, Marlon, uh, Marlon Humphreys in, in coverage. And, you know, the ball's overthrown, so that's fine. It's You know, that's a third down, so we're going to come off the field. And, you know, Marlon kind of pulls up there at the end and reaches back and grabs his, his hamstring. And the Alabama sideline is just right there where he's covering. So, so he just stops running turns and sort of – you know, and just barely he's, he's on camera, but then he kind of he kind of steps off. And I don't know why that didn't jump out to everyone else's, you know, sort of like a sore thumb, like, hey, wait a second, we've got a potential All-America, you know, top 10 draft pick at the cornerback position, you know, pulling up with, with the hamstring. You know, what's going on there? There was zero conversation of that. Next defensive series, uh, Levi Wallace is in – at that cornerback position, and he's, you know, a former walk-on. Yeah, that was going to be my next thing I was going to ask you about because I was surprised that he came in instead of Carter. 
Yeah. I, you know, I, and, and so literally, you know, my thought was, well, I don't know who would come in because, you know, would it be shy Carter? Would we move Carter into, um, uh, into the, the money and then put Minka back there? Uh, would we bring in, you know, you know, one of the other freshmen? I didn't know what we were going to do. And See, I think that's an experience thing, right? You have to think that that is an experience in the program and that Carter hasn't been, you know, they haven't worked with Carter uh, at that corner position. Right. And, um, and that must be why you saw Wallace. Yeah. And, 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 and I was very confused, by the way, because, you know, some rosters have him as 44, and I see 39 come in, and I'm like, who's 39? So I had to look that up. <laughs> right. And so, I, you know, that's a big separation, right, between, you know, potential All-America candidate, you know, top draft pick to a former walk-on. And that's nothing against Levi. Um, it's just that's a big separation. And so – and. You know, every but that, season but that, but that speaks to the depth, right? It does. That it does. And the guys and so, that we've lost recently. Yes. Yeah. Every season, if we went back, every season there's almost like a theme that we just kind of ride through the season, and and it's not necessarily of our choosing. It's just, you know, it just it is. And so this this season, it just seems to be thin on defense. And so we have a we we, we have a range of players. So it feels like we're not shallow, but we don't have a number two nose guard and a converted walk-on is who we bring in for Marlin when he, you know, when he tweaks a, a hammy. And we That's don't have, and we, do, and we don't have depth at the middle linebacker, at the inside linebacker position either, as we've right. talked about before. Right. And so we can play a range of things. We can play a base and a dime and a nickel, and we can bring, you know, sort of all, all the frontline guys, and there might be one or two exceptions to this, but you know, for the by and large, the frontline guys are our top flight guys. But you know, don't go peeking around, you know, behind curtains because you know you you may find you or I are out there, and that's that that I get a little nervous when. Well, I found it very telling, man, because Rashawn Evans was banged up that that we saw a lot of Sean Dion Hamilton and Reuben Foster, right? So let's kind of yeah. step through this. Rashawn Evans is obviously learning a new position, right? Yep. And so Rashawn Evans is the first one off the bench uh, after Sean Dion Hamilton and Reuben Foster, which surprised us because we do have other guys that, you know, have been in the program and that are not converting to a new position. No offense to Rashawn Evans. I think Rashawn sure. Evans is going to be great. But my point is Rashawn Evans was the first guy off the bench. Well, when the first guy off the bench was banged up, uh, I'd have to go back and watch the tape again. But Reuben Foster and Sean Dion Hamilton, or one combination of the two, was the only two inside linebackers at the middle linebacker and the wheel for the large majority of the start of the game. And to your point, I think how we um, how we actually was able to hide that in this game is we played a lot of dime much earlier. Right. And so we saw Hootie Jones very early in the game with just Reuben Foster or Sean Dion Hamilton. And normally it was Reuben Foster. So I think what we do need to point out for the listeners is if we went back and counted the formations in this game, I think the largest set we had in this game was six DBs, Reuben Foster, and four guys with their hand in the dirt. 
Yeah, and, and, that's, so and that's how we covered that lack of depth at the linebacker. So why didn't we see Keith Holcomb, right? Why didn't we just throw him out there? We're up 41 to nothing. Why don't we see him out there, and why don't we see Christian Miller out there? I don't understand that. Well, we did see, and this is not your point, but we did see both of them later. Later, and, yes. And, and go and back Hol- to what you said with the <clears throat> nose guard. Why not earlier? Yeah, and, and Holcomb played very, very well uh, when, when he was out there. Enough that – and so it's a it's – a, it's a two-edged thing, right? And so because – and it's not Rashawn Evans' fault that he's that he's dinged up. <clears throat> but because he's dinged up, the other guys have to go longer. And Rashawn is not getting the run that he could use at that position. But Reuben yeah. Foster is also hurt. So right. to your point, why not, why, not, why not see Keith Holcomb in the second quarter – because Rashawn Evans is banged up and Reuben Foster doesn't need the run and we need Reuben Foster well for the SEC schedule. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and it would be neat to see, uh, you know, it, I guess it's, you know, how far do you want to tug at that string? Could you say, well, if we bring in Holcomb in the second quarter, then, you know, poor Holcomb's going to have to play the whole second half because who do we have after him? And so you could – you could have that conversation. You know, I would like to have seen some Joshua McMillan in there. And so there's my answer to that question. But it would be really, I don't want to say neat because that sounds kind of dorky, but it would be really good to see Holcomb get some run with the rest of the starters in, in that situation, right? Because, you know, because we've got to rest the, the other two guys. It's a hot day. Uh, they're both already kind of dinged up from from last week, especially Ruben. Uh and and Evans is is dinged up. So yeah, I would have liked to have seen Holcomb a little bit earlier. And then if that opens the door for McMillan to get some running time, then I'm happy to see that because he's one of the guys that I was hoping to hoping to get to see. And, and but you're up 21. To, I mean, you're up 40. You know, at the end of the second quarter, you know, it was 41 to nothing. It seems to me like it's better to bring him in earlier when he's got the he's got the blanket of some veterans in there playing around him. Right. Right. I'm with you. What what else on uh, what else on defense stood out to you? Man, I think that I, I think that's the main things uh, that jumped out to me. Um, what's uh, anything else before we do game balls? Yeah, I like Minka. Uh, I like Minka stepping up and and uh, and he got a couple sacks and and we ran him on some blitzes and you know one of the, one of the funnier and sort of sort of best lines that the, the announcers did have is you know hey you know with all of the pass rushers that Alabama has, it's almost unfair if someone like Aminka is going to go in there and, and blitz as well. And, you know, I thought, you know, we're running a lot of nickels and dimes for the, for the reasons that, that you mentioned. Um, and they're not really a threat to pass the ball. And so, you know, it's almost like we're playing with 10 guys. So why not send Minka? Um, and, I, and so it was good to, to see that happen. And then, you know, that's something that we can put on film that other teams have to think about as well. Well, now that that brings up another a point I want to make here is I, I was surprised at how much pressure we put on them in passing situations given how the game was kind of unfolding. I am surprised that that we were being so aggressive that that we weren't sitting back. Now, granted, they only attempted 16 passes in the game. So they obviously didn't, you know, they didn't, you know, we attempted 34 passes, they attempted 16. So that's a big difference. Um, but I was surprised um, at, at at how much we were blitzing them in this game. 
You know, I don't think we I don't think we had to, in other words. I was surprised we did. No, and it, you know, and part of it's working on stuff and part of it's just, you know, you know, just getting after them and you know, I'm I'm pretty much fine with it. But uh, what's your thought, uh what's your mini game ball on defense? Who, who are you digging up for this one? Well, this is not gonna be uh this is not gonna be last week. Um last week, you know, that was just important. We gotta we gotta give him credit before it gets away from us here. Um you know, I would have to say in the pure spirit of the mini game ball, uh, based on our discussion, I'm going to have to give uh, uh, Mr. Levi Wallace the mini game ball because uh, I think when he got called into that game, when most people didn't even notice who he was and how he was in there, um, he was quickly thrust in a situation where, I mean, let's face it, right? I mean, he's gotten a little run this year. Uh, against Western Kentucky, and he got a little time against USC, but nothing like he did as early as he did in this ball game. And um, I was impressed that you know he didn't give a big, a big play when he came in. Yeah, I mean he came in and and uh, you know it's hard to say he held his own because I don't I don't know that the other team you know he even the other team the other team did not notice, but that does not take away from his credit for how he did. No, it doesn't. It didn't. And, you know, I've got two guys listed, and I'm glad that, that you said one, so I get to say the other. Uh, so Levi, you know, was one of my guys, and and I'm going to say welcome again for all the reasons that I talked about. You know, he he definitely looked like a leader of the second team, and you know, maybe that's what we wanted to see him do. Could he lead a unit? Um, and 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 he certainly did that. So I was very impressed. I think that. Uh, you know, I would like to see him get more run, and hopefully that will come based on his performance on Saturday. Taking me to special teams, what stood out to you there? You know, um, the biggest thing, the first thing jumped out to me is uh, our punt returner. Um, you know, granted, you know, granted, we we you know we had a situation where Eddie's banged up. Uh, he doesn't need to be. I mean, you could obviously see him limping. Uh, out there when he was out there uh, for as long as he was. But I was just surprised uh, that, you know, I was surprised that Marks was the guy uh, instead of Trayvon Diggs, number one. Uh, number two, um, it was interesting to see the nice punt return he gets for a touchdown, and then the very next punt he misjudges the ball, lets the ball bounce at the 18 all the way to the two, and Saban, you know, is sure to chew his ass out about a minute after he had just had a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to be really high on Xavier, and 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 for good reason. That was a very you know nice punt return. There was a block in the back early in that return that was not called, and you know he failed to field at least two punts. You know, Saban talked about you know giving up 50 yards of field position. Uh, you know, that's probably close enough for, you know, discussion purposes. Uh, so those that those are the types of things that we would have to clean up. I thought he was surprised, surprised he was the one out there, though. Not really. Uh, I think it was smart that uh, not to have Eddie out there. That was the right decision, not to just rush him back out there because of his success last week. Uh, we've seen – and so you can reason, well, you know, should we have somebody else? Why is it Xavier? I thought we might have saw Trayvon Diggs back there is all. Yeah, and and we did see him in the second game, and we saw Calvin in the first game, and and you know we might would have seen our Darius at some point, but you know obviously you know he didn't play. And you think so we're just giving think, Marks a look. We were just giving Marks a look if we've already done Ridley and Diggs. Yeah, I think we're just giving him a look, and 
and he is and he is so small of stature that it just would make me nervous to put him back back there and we've seen little guys for other teams do it and have great success and you know you watch enough ball you see little guys out there doing that but it just seems gosh that's the exception to the rule and you know I don't want to put a little guy out there for risk of his health but um yeah, he, he definitely looks all of 166 pounds, that's for sure. Yeah, and so you think about – you know, and that's not to say he can't do it. You know, was it LSU a few years ago had that Trenton Holiday guy that, you know, I mean, he looked like Elf on the Shelf, and, and you know, he was out there making plays. And so it can it can be true that, that you know, a little guy can go out there and perform and, and stand up to the rigors of it. It's just – that is the exception to the rule. And so, you know, every time I see it, I don't want to challenge the rule. I, I tend to, I tend to follow it. And Xavier may be, you know, he may be someone that can stand up and do it. So maybe we rotate him in with Eddie and we see what we've got there. Well, you might, you know, based on how he did, you, you might see him against Kentucky because I don't know that you need Eddie. Um, I don't, I don't know that you need, Eddie's too valuable right this second being banged up to have him back there on punt returns. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. If we can find someone else, then I'd rather it be someone else. And I mean, we just got through saying last week, oh gosh, Eddie, what an obvious choice. But right this second, I think we need him. Um, we need him as the field general in the back of the defense more than anything else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both of those can be true, right? And so we need him, you know, back and right and healthy. And then, you know, if he if he sort of rotates in once he's healthy back there, that's fine. But I don't mind him being spot duty back there or platooning with someone else back there. No, that's fair. What else jumped out at you on special teams? You know, frankly, not a whole lot. You know, J.K. He only got know, two, two punts, two, man. What's that? It's a light day for him. He only got two punts. I know. I know. He, he, I'm not sure he had to shower. Um, and although he still got over, you know, although he still got a 53 yarder. Yeah. Yeah. And so two punts, 49 average, one was 53, uh, you know, and so that's, that's very nice. And, uh, that means, you know, the other one was, was a nice punt as well. And, um, you know, Adam was two for two, hit it 28 and a 48. And I thought you'd be all about that, man. He was two for two. He wasn't one for two. No, I, well, we talked about a short one and it was a long one. Yeah. We talked, we kidded last week that, you know, he would – he'd hit the long one and miss the short one. And so, you know, I guess in that respect, I'm glad he hit them both. Um, I mean, I'm I'm also pleased that both times he lined up to kick, the game wasn't on the line. So, you know, that's a lot of pressure sort of being taken off of everyone's shoulder in that situation. And so maybe that just makes it easier to go out there and boot them, whereas in another circumstance and, you know, it, and it's not like I'm trying to pile on the guy. It's just, you know, we talked about it last week. Not a whole lot else to say, but hey, I'm glad he made two. And and if that gets his his confidence rolling, then so be it. Well, I know why we had Andy take a kickoff, but why do you think J.K. Scott got two kickoffs uh, out of the nine that we did? Why do we think, let him take two kickoffs? Yeah, I, I think we're just we're just mixing it up. We're just giving. 
you know, because we kicked off the lot. <laughs> we kicked the ball <laughs> off a lot. Oh, so we're trying to give Jake, we're trying to, you know, give him something to do. I got you. Well, I mean, there's a little bit of that. And, and, and look, I am not speculating. I'm only answering a question with a theory or a thought. But last year and the year prior, uh, Adam has had some back uh, issues that yes. have impacted his kicking. And so I'm not suggesting that I know that he has a back problem this week. But, you know, do you ever really get over a back problem? And so, hey, if we can take a kick or two off his load and give someone else some experience, then that can be okay too. No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, what do you what do you think about this next opponent, man? We're we're jumping back into SEC schedule. Um, you know, it's homecoming. Um, you know, we got Kentucky coming into town. What do you what do you think about this game? Yeah, I, I don't know that I would say that we're jumping back into the SEC schedule. We are dipping our toe in the SEC schedule. Oh, come on, man. What I mean is we played Ole Miss. They were SEC. Now we're back in the SEC schedule. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying. It's also Kentucky. Oh, come on now. Don't even say that, man. We got Kentucky listeners as well, okay? We, and so we do. So, 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 what? It, what is your thoughts? Because this is a this would be maybe a team that we would schedule for homecoming versus a team that we might not schedule for homecoming. And uh, uh, Coach Saban had a lot of nice things to say about their program, along with uh, along with Stoops. So, what do you, what do you think we see? Because they do have a nice running game. They do. I mean, you know, they have big buildings in Vegas for a reason, and and they're calling about a thirty five point line. Um, I guess that number surprises me a little bit, but then, you know, so did the line last week against Kent State, and, and we made that one. You know, I, I, this game is not going to be in contest. I see a 35-7 to kind of tight game. Uh, I see us kind of running away um, in in the second half. We might come out a little tight in the first half, and, you know, so everyone will get all mad about that and as, as well as should if we have a slow start. But uh, I think we pull – I think we pull away – and um, I think the probably the margin of the game, you know, looks it looks like a better win than it probably is, uh, because I think we do we do come out with a slow start. But um, you know, I think I think we take care of these guys, and I think there's a lot of looking ahead to the run. You know, we've got Arkansas, Tennessee, Texas A&M in consecutive weeks, and then an off week, and then LSU, and we can have our opinions about what we think about those teams. But those are going to be three pretty dangerous teams. And then, you know, LSU after a bye. Those those can be three dangerous teams. They're, you know, certainly a lot more dangerous than Kentucky. And two of them are on the road, uh, back-to-back weeks on the road. I, th- I think there's going to be a little bit of look ahead. I think that I think there's going to be some element on the team that says, well, okay, we've done a full game, so now we've proved we can do it. Now we've got these SEC games on the road. Oh, yeah, we've got Kentucky first. I think there's going to be a little bit of that. Well, I will be curious to see how our lack of depth at the interior lineman position handles this team that is a heavy running team. I mean, when they played South Carolina last weekend, they had 50 rushing plays and they had 19 pass attempts. And so this quarterback who was sacked four times in attempting 19 balls, they they literally had three different running backs carry the ball over 15 times. Yeah. So I think they're going to come into this game and they are going to try. And by the way, you know, against an SEC opponent, 
Uh, Williams had an 8.2 yard uh, per carry average. As a team, they had 50 carries and averaged 4.3 yards. So they did rush for 260 yards against South Carolina. I'm not saying we're South Carolina. I'm just saying this is a team that says we are going to run at you and running the ball is what we do. And I'm interested to see how we handle that uh, with the lack of depth that we have both at the interior lineman position as well as the interior linebacker position. And so this is going to be a very quick game um, as far as you know, time of possession. Um, it's going to be a fast game. It's going to be over before you know it. Uh, just because I think we're going to run the ball a lot. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. And it's going to be, you know, how do we get out of there as healthy as we possibly can after what happened against Kent State? And so I don't think we see a 45-7 like Florida put on them. Um, And I think because of looking ahead, we're going to see something even a little closer than you do. I I think um, think we're going to see something like a 28-10 that's going to be very, very frustrating for Saban after how we just played against Kent State. Wow, twenty-eight to ten. Yeah, that will be uh, that will be frustrating for everyone. <laughs> what I mean is that they're going to keep the ball away from us. I think it's going to be how do we keep our offense off the field, and they're just going to try to grind the clock and eat the clock and eat the clock. And so um, I think that's going to keep the game a little closer. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's how I would attack us too, uh, because I do think we have uh, some some thinness there, and you know, if you can shorten the game, then you know, that keeps you in it a little longer as well. So I, I agree with that sort of that uh, modus operandi uh, for Kentucky. Anything else? Do we cover our bases? Man, I think we did. There's there's other things we can cover, but I think uh, we will we will we will bring up some more items whenever we uh, whenever we take on the Wildcats. Absolutely. Well, hey, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Thanks for listening and roll tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.